I'm Andrea Hope, and this is To Mother. Episode 31, Being the New Family in Town. Hi, this is Andrea Hope, and this is my podcast, To Mother, where I share my practical tips and resources about parenting with purpose in the modern world. So I am a Baha'i mom and a poet, among many other things, and on this podcast, I share some Baha'i writings that really inspire me, some living the life tips, some resources. I usually try to highlight Baha'i artists or authors, and then most of the time, I also share my poetry. So the theme today is being the new family in town. So if you don't know me or you don't know this aspect about me, I've been the new person in town quite a lot in my life. So I was born in the Bahamas. I grew up in the United States in Virginia, but I've also lived in Portland, Oregon, in Camden, New Jersey. I was in AmeriCorps where we moved around every two months, and AmeriCorps is like the Peace Corps, but in the United States. And I was in Colorado, New Orleans, Mississippi, Texas. And outside of the United States, I lived in Israel for about six years. I lived in Poland, not to be confused with Portland, Poland, the country, and Alston, Poland for two years. So I've had a lot of experience with being the new person. There are some dynamics that are different about being a family that's in a new town versus a single individual, which I usually was. But a lot of it is also quite similar in terms of getting adjusted to a new environment and finding friends and finding community and things like that. So I really wanted to talk about that right now. We have moved to Hyattsville, Maryland, which I'm excited about. We are in a great area by Busboys and Poets, which is one of my favorite restaurants, as you can probably guess, because it features poetry and authors and it has a performance space and is also a restaurant and also a socially conscious bookstore. So that's really cool. I love Busboys and Poets and I performed at the different venues in DC and here in Maryland a couple of times. Um, But yeah, so we're in that area. There's a lot of immigrants in this area. So you hear all kinds of different accents at the post office and when you're walking around and when you're seeing people, of course, there's less going on. Like I don't think Busboys and Poets is having live events right now. And I'm not interacting with people as as much as I would, obviously, if there weren't a pandemic. So I just want to make that clear that it's, it's less, but I can just feel from the vibe of being out and about that this is a really mixed community and it's just so reflective of what the American dream really can be, you know, to have people from all these different cultures who are appreciated and interacting together and celebrating art and it's so colorful and yeah, I I really love this area. So though I do have some challenges with you know, moving and being in the U.S. for the first time with my husband and my family. I really feel like we picked such a great place. So yeah, I wanted to give some tips uh, for people because I know it can really be a hard transition, especially if you're going to a country that is not your own, like when I was in Poland. But even if you're returning to your own country, you're just traveling uh, from one part of the U.S. to another part of the U.S. Still, depending on what is waiting for you there it can be difficult. So I'll get that into that a bit more after I read the quote. But this quote, I actually chose a prayer by Abdu'l-Baha, and it is a prayer for teaching. And I'll explain a little bit more about why I chose it, of course, after I read these inspiring words. Oh God, my God, thou seest me enraptured and attracted toward thy glorious kingdom and kindled with the fire of thy love amongst mankind, a herald of thy kingdom in these vast and spacious lands, 
severed from aught else save thee, relying on thee, abandoning rest and comfort, remote from my native home, a wanderer in these regions, a stranger fallen upon the ground, humble before thine exalted threshold, submissive toward the heaven of thine omnipotent glory, supplicating thee in the dead of the night and at the break of dawn, entreating and invoking thee at morn and at eventide to graciously aid me to serve thy cause, to spread abroad thy teachings and to exalt thy word throughout the east and the west. O Lord, strengthen my back, enable me to see with the utmost endeavor, and leave me not to myself lonely and helpless in these regions. O Lord, grant me communion with thee in my loneliness and be my companion in these foreign lands. Verily thou art the confirmer of whomsoever thou willest and that which thou desirest, and verily thou art the all-powerful, the omnipotent. I really appreciated that this prayer acknowledges that there's loneliness. So when it talks about not being lonely, and then again it mentions in another line, grant me communion with thee in my loneliness. I think that's a really powerful thing to acknowledge that when you're moving from place to place, when you're away from your native home, there's a great loneliness that's involved in that, that's natural to us as humans. So, of course, on a higher level, we want to be like, well, we're world citizens, and no matter where we go or who we're around, we can feel at home, and all people are our brothers and sisters. But there's something about your native tongue, your native language, the culture that you know that's comfortable because you know what's appropriate in that culture. You kind of understand the values, and you don't have to think as much, you know, I... I remember when I was in Israel, there was a lot of friends that I had who spoke other languages as their first language. And in Israel, we mostly communicated in English. And they would just tell me how tired they were at the end of the day, you know, just tired from having to think in English all day. And I just was like, oh, wow, I hadn't thought about that before. That's something a lot of people experience. And like I said, even if you're moving within your country in a new area, you can experience loneliness if you're not moving to an area because you have family there or because you already have a community there. If you're moving to a place because of work or to help pioneer and build up a community or just to have a fresh start, you're pursuing your acting or your music career, whatever kind of career you're trying to pursue, science, STEM, um, those can be times where you realize, hey, I haven't really had to make friends in a long time. You know, you might have had all your friends from school, from university, high school, or from your church community or your Baha'i community, your religious community, whatever that might be. And you might realize, oh, I'm an adult and I haven't really had to try to make friends for a while. They've just kind of been friends of convenience, whoever was around me who had similar interests. So even putting yourself out there and knowing how do I meet people and how do I create a community in a new space can be very lonely. So I just want to address this issue partially because I think the fact that I'm very outgoing and very friendly, sometimes people might think that it's easier for me. And I will say I don't have a hard time talking to people and meeting people, but in terms of feeling lonely, I definitely still 
can feel lonely in terms of the depth of their relationship. So I will go around all day and say hi to everyone I walk past, but in terms of actually having conversations with people and feel like I'm building friendships, that takes a while and that takes a lot of effort. So even with me being outgoing, I have made so much effort. I can think even just in Poland and Alston to try and meet people. And that comes with risk and it comes with disappointment and it also comes with a lot of joy. But there were plenty of times where I wanted to meet up with someone and they canceled or I met up with someone for a couple weeks and thought, oh, okay, this is going to be one of my people. And then something happened in their life. They're going through a separation or something happens with their child or whatever the case may be. Maybe they're uncomfortable with my views or something like that. And we just drift away. And so I want to encourage just like being in a relationship when you met your before you met your spouse unless you all were childhood sweethearts or whatever there's trial and error and you have to be comfortable with disappointment and try to really find those quality relationships that you can develop but I think in this prayer it's also saying to turn to God as your companion and to rely upon God and to Acknowledge that it can be lonely and it can be difficult and you can feel so remote when you're in a new place and that there is this prayer and other writings that can give you some comfort. And so when I read this, it really gives me comfort that, okay, this is something that is a very natural thing to experience. And while I'm doing all these efforts (laughs) to make friends and to build community, I can also be kind of laying my head in the lap of God, you know, and saying, befriend me in my loneliness and be my companion in these foreign lands. So with that, I wanted to give my living the life tip, which is really to introduce yourself. So I think when you move to a new place, this is kind of the time where you get the most leeway the most give them a benefit of the doubt to introduce yourself so you're not trying to promote anything you're you know people don't feel like there's any hidden agenda you're just new in town and you're trying to meet people so I really think it's ideal to take that time when you first come just to introduce yourself so if you have plans later that you want to build community you want to have a devotional you want to have a community activity you want to start a business whatever the case may be later on the first time you introduce yourself to people is in that pursuit you know people could be more suspicious about that and that could be like less genuine so I think really when you move to a place at the beginning that's a great time when you have no agenda but just to get get to know your community and meet friends so There's many ways that you can introduce yourself. Of course, you can do it as a family. I'm thinking, you know, in the mind of a person who has a family like me at playgrounds or any spaces where there are other parents, you can definitely still do it at a safe distance. I was at the playground today and I was talking to a mom from, you know, more than six feet away whose child was climbing and my child was in the swing. So a playground is a great place to introduce yourself. And a lot of times people will naturally do it anyway. They might just ask you, how old is the child or say that your children are so cute or things like that and it naturally you have these pleasantries but to go a step forward and let the person know hey I'm new in town (laughs) and I think that is really something that can be easy to like forget to do you just kind of be friendly on the surface level but you could say I'm new in town you could ask them for some advice on resources you're looking for I think word of mouth is still the best way to find out about things in your community 
You could also just ask them how they like living there or, you know, how they're keeping busy with their kids during the pandemic. That's a question that I like to ask parents of young children. Oh, what are you doing? Because some people have their kids in school. Some people have their kids at home. They have babysitters or they're out in the playground. That's great for me to know because I'm at home with my kids. So then maybe we could set something up or I can get some tips from them about how to keep my children entertained when we're going to be in the house even more during the winter. So I think definitely introduce yourself, ask questions, let the person know you're new in town, and they're probably going to say welcome. (laughs) And like I said, every relationship that you try to start isn't going to end successfully um, or isn't going to be a long-term thing. There's a quote that says something that people come in your life for a reason, a season, or a lifetime or something like that. And I really like that quote to not feel like, oh, this is a waste of time because that can be the other narrative. Like, oh, it didn't work out, so it was a waste of your time. Or that you should feel bad about it or disappointed. But it's like, yeah, some people might come in your life just to help you transition at the beginning and give you some advice. And some people might be in your life for quite a while and some people might be in your life for a lifetime. And you don't know in that first meeting who's going to be who. But one of the moms that I met recently was telling me how her husband is in the military. She has five daughters and they homeschool. And so they're only in each place for two years at a time. And that's part of why she homeschools because by the time she gets on the waiting list or tries to get settled with the school or something like that, then it's not really worth it if they're going to be moving in a year or in a year and a half or something like that. And she said, when people find out that I'm only going to be here for two years, you know, they're cautious about making friends with me. And I totally understand that because I feel like I would have been one of those person before I started traveling so much. Didn't want to invest and find this really great woman who's really interesting and has a lot of similarities and then have to start over with new friends in a couple years. But because I've traveled, I've been on both sides of that. I was aware of that, but it was also a good reminder to hear from her that, you know, she's here, she's present now, and she can build relationships, and you never know where that relationship is going to go, so we shouldn't just kind of block people out because they're only going to be in our life for a season. And yes, the way that I found these relationships, yeah, one, the playground or any places that you're going anyway as a family that you know is welcoming to families like parks or things like that. And then definitely social media. So I'm a person who gets really overwhelmed by social media. So I'm not on a bunch of different apps, but (laughs) whatever you want to be on that you feel like is going to be most helpful for you. For me, it's Facebook. Maybe that's just because I started it in university, so I'm most comfortable with it. But I also feel like in terms of finding groups, I still think Facebook is the best. And so I joined a Facebook group in my area that was my particular neighborhood in my city. So you could look for citywide groups or you could look for neighborhood groups. You could look for like-minded people. So depending on how big your area is or how active people are, On Facebook, you might want to join a couple different groups. And so, for instance, one group that I joined was just the Arts District for Hyattsville and just meeting other people. And I posted a hello and an introduction in there. But in bigger communities, if I wanted to kind of narrow it down, then I might look just for a parents group to be in or multiple parents groups to be in. I look for those as well, I think, here. But I didn't find so much for this city, more for the general county. But I also did look into joining parents group. But so far, that group for my particular neighborhood has been the most active. So definitely you can put yourself out there. For me, I've also found the couch surfing community or any kind of community that encourages or is interested in traveling, maybe with meetup 
Dot-com or something like that are going to be great places to meet people because even though you might not be visiting or these are more geared towards travelers, they tend to be the kind of people that I would want to meet. They're putting themselves out there. They're open to other cultures and other life experiences because they are a person who likes travel or wants to welcome traveling. So I found really a lot of great connections through Couchsurfing or through trying to find other travelers or international people. So those are really the ways that I would introduce myself. I'm an in-person person. So even with the pandemic, doing it safely, but definitely in person when I'm walking around on social media. And then the last one I was going to say was next door. I don't have as much experience with this and I know that it can kind of be a place for people to complain which I don't like because people are posting up there like oh there's a dog barking or someone left trash in the street or whatever like that but you know again depending on what community you're in next door could be an app that is really helpful for you and buying things that are used selling things I'm all about buying things locally I'm all about supporting small businesses and individuals over big corporations so I definitely use that to help me find some things to buy or to help friends sell things when I was uh, staying with some friends who needed to move out. So yeah, if you have any ideas about this or tips about how to build community and make friends in a new neighborhood, a new town, a new state, a new country, whatever the case may be, please let me know. You can email me at info at andreahope.org. And the other thing I wanted to mention about emailing me is I'd like to do my episode in a couple weeks on the holiday season. So for a lot of people, the winter season is the holiday season. There is, you know, Hanukkah and Christmas and Kwanzaa and there's these different holidays where Baha'is don't have holidays over this winter season, but a lot of other people are celebrating them either religiously or just socially. And so the dynamics of how to be in the holiday spirit, I guess, or how to engage in this season while also keeping your identity as a Baha'i. And what that looks like for people with their friends, with their families. I would love to hear any insights that people have or any tips that people have about how they deal with gift giving or getting people together or trees or Santa or, you know, any of those things that can bring up big questions for families because, you know, children like to celebrate and they like to feel included. So definitely email me at info at andreahope.org if you have anything that I can share. You could just email me or you could record a voice message and I'll play it on that show. And for my resource this week, I actually need your help because I usually try to provide uh, something from a Baha'i creative or an author or something like that, but I really couldn't think of something specific for this one. Definitely there is always the website Special Ideas or the U.S. Baha'i Bookstore uh, or even some people have, you know, personal pages where you can find some nice little tokens. But the idea that I wanted to convey was that you give some kind of welcome token to your neighbors. So back in the day-day, this was more common when you moved into a neighborhood that you would bake a cake or you would make something and you would go to your neighbors and introduce yourself. I'm not going to recommend cooking anything for anyone in times like these, but I still like this idea of giving a token of welcoming like well you're the person who's kind of being welcome but <laughs> a token of friendship or we're here or we'd like to meet you kind of thing when you're first moving in to let your presence be known 
And so, like, in my case, I was thinking about, instead of knocking on people's doors, given the, you know, situation, making these little cards that just say a little bit about our family and giving, like, a fall-themed face mask and just, yeah, and letting people know that we're around. So if they see us around or if they see me in my face mask or whatever, then they'll know that I'm a person that they can introduce themselves to or that they can feel comfortable around. Now, I had posted something about that, and I did get a feedback that said, you know, you should be cautious maybe about introducing yourself to all your neighbors if you don't know who lives in your neighborhood or, you know, for security reasons with a family. And I would just say that's something I would never think about <laughs> because I'm such a assume the best in people kind of person. But I know that it is something that's a legitimate concern for people and safety is a, is a thing and fraud and all those kind of things are issues. So, you know, whatever you feel comfortable with, however you feel comfortable with your neighbors and your neighborhood, you're going to know what's best for you. But my resource would be to choose something that could be given as a token. Sorry if you hear a lot of background noise. My little boy is playing with balloons that he discovered. Um, but yeah, and I would say at this stage not to do anything that's directly religious. Like for me, I wouldn't want to give a token at the very beginning that was like prayer books. I would be more just trying to introduce myself to people and warm greetings and things like that. So to end this episode, I am going to be reading a poem. And this is a short poem and it's Rhythm by Andrea Hope. There is a rhythm to the city streets. Glances find home in faces they have never known, but feel just right. Strangers lock eyes, exchange smiles, new directions, handshakes, the earthquakes under bus tires. We travel to the past in a child's laugh, play escort to our future. We are the catalyst of motion. Even the insects carry seeds. Windflowers whisper to them secrets. What you give is what you receive. To Mother is an individual initiative and provides only the personal reflections and insights of its creator. That's me. For more information about the Baha'i faith, including access to the official writings and contacts for Baha'is in your community, please visit Baha'i.org.